Okay, Hari Om everyone. So uh, I'll start off with the with the prayer, and then we'll get get into my presentation. Om Sahana Bhavatu Sahano Bhunaktu Sahaviryam Karavavahai Tejasvina Vadita Mastuma Vidvishavahai Om Shanti 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 So uh, today, you know, my talk is about uh, Sandhya Vandanam and uh, Gita Chapter 6. Uh, I'm going to share my screen. Okay. Let me know if you're able to see my screen. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Okay. So uh, before we go forward in my talk, just a quick audience snap poll. So here's a question and uh, you can answer it and we can just probably count. So what is the gender of the God we pray to in Sandhya Vandana? I don't know. I don't know. You want, you want us to answer or you want us to make a note of it or something? You can just type it in the chat and we can probably count it. Someone someone can count it and say at the end of the poll. We are only seven of us or eight of us today. I don't know. Alpana, uh, would you be able to monitor the chat and let me know? So I said female former, uh, Gayatri Mata. Yeah. Actually, the question, I think, could be all three too, right? Like, there is the... Uh, sun God Sankara as well. Devata, yeah. Sun God mm. is male. Then there is the uh, Gayatri Mata, the Chandas, and you pray to uh, Savitri Devi, that could be female. And then there is uh, the term that's like referred to the Atman in neuter gender. So it could be all three. Brilliant. So, uh, okay. So... Contacts, I'm going with number four. Okay, cool. That's good. That's a good start. That's a good start. At least, uh, uh, at least we, we we figured out something. At least that's good. Okay, so let me get to my my slide. Right. So um, first of all, I'm 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 grateful to all the gurus who have initiated and taught me this. Uh, uh, What's the answer, And also, uh, and also the. Uh, the uh, the practice that I'm following, and I must say that you know I triggered this practice off because last year during Chaturmasa, Sakuba was uh, determined to do this uh, for the entire Chaturmasa, and uh, I picked it up from him, and then we started. Uh, I started doing it myself, and it's been about seven eight months that I've been fairly regular, I would say, and uh, uh, and then I realized that you know there's a lot of connection between what Sandhya Vandanam as a spiritual practice is. And uh, especially chapter six of Gita that we are reading today, uh, that we just completed. So I said, okay, why don't I combine these two things and present as my uh, 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 my my summary revision for chapter six to all of you. So uh, so popularly, you know, you would see you would see that uh, uh, the Gayatri Mata, the the uh, the feminine form of Gayatri, is presented in a particular uh, picture. Like what you would see here in this uh, in this uh, slide here, uh, she has uh, five faces, and you, you know I just want you to notice this uh, symbolism here because we will be talking about the symbolism uh, as we go through the the talk here. 
So she has, you know, some of the few things that I uh, kind of, you know, uh, uh, want you to notice. She has five heads and notice that all the five heads are of uh, different colors. And uh, she has a moon uh, on her, uh, one of her head. And uh, she has three eyes on in each of the, you know, each of the heads. And she has 10 hands, each hand, you know, holding something or, uh, you know, in a, in a particular mudra that she is. And uh, finally, she is sitting on a lotus. I want, want you to please keep this in mind as we go through this presentation. So quick question. Uh, the third eye is? Uh, one second. Let me get back. The third eye. Can you see this is the third eye? Yeah. Or the Divya kind of Chakshu or something. Yeah. Yeah. Divya Chakshu. Okay. 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 So that is uh, uh, Gayatri Mata. Okay. That's the symbolism what we would see in most most of the time. When, even if you Google for Gayatri uh, uh, Sandhya Vandanam, you will get some, get an image like this or, a, or a, a different kind of an image. But typically, this is how you would see it. Now, in this uh, talk, what we will cover and what we will not cover, I just want to make sure that you know, I clarify this so that we, we don't go off track. So I'm not going to discuss the mechanics of what how, how a Sandhya Vandanam ritual is to be done. And neither am I going to discuss what is the right method, what is the right sequence of the ritual that we should do and all that, because each one follows their own traditions. And uh, whatever that you follow in your own tradition is the right ritual for you, is the right method. So there's nothing like, you know, this is the only method that you need to follow. And third thing is, I'm not an expert on Sanskrit. In fact, I have, I have zero knowledge of Sanskrit. Uh, so we will not get into the nuances of uh, the language, but we will get into uh, some words and if if you uh, if you're familiar with uh, a little bit of uh, uh, let's say Devanagari script, I'm pretty sure you'll really really appreciate some of the uh, some of the aha moments that I've had. And but we will uh, coming back to what we will cover. We will cover what is the Vedantic perspective of Sandhya Vandana, and how are they how are chapter six the Atma Samyama Yoga, uh, which is are also known as Dhyana Yoga, and the Sandhya Vandana, how are they related? And I'll talk about my personal moments. And of course, uh, I will also, uh, uh, you know, uh, share uh, my mistakes and incorrect interpretations. And some of them I may know, uh, I will share with you. Some of them I may not know. So I may be sharing some mistakes also in this particular talk, which is, which is solely attributed to me and me alone. Okay. Questions and answers. So please keep it to the end of my talk and or you can ch chat, type it in the window and then we will discuss these questions after the talk. Okay. So... The format that I'm going to follow is I'll go through the sequence of Sandhya Vandana that I follow and I'll explain the purpose. Okay. And uh, as I do this, I will chant the mantras. So play, so play, pay attention to the mantras because I will chant the mantras in a way that I'll emphasize a few words in Sanskrit and I'll explain that to connect it with uh, chapter six. I hope that's, that's good with all of you. Okay. All right. So let me quickly get to, uh, the chapter six and summary. Okay, so six point two three. What uh, Bhagavan says? Uh, six point two three. Um, he says that tamvidya dukkha samyoga viyogam yoga samyedam sanishchayena yogta vyaha yogo nirvinna chetasaha. Okay, so he says that uh, the severance from the union with pain, 
is yoga. So you got to first severe yourself from the union that with pain that we normally have. That is yoga. And he says that, that this yoga, this severance should be practiced with determination and with a steady mind and undespairingly. Okay. That's the explanation what Swami Chinmayananda gives in that. So effectively, it's a two-step process. You've got, to, you've got to severe from oneself and then attach yourself to something else and then practice that. Okay. Now, uh, the word yoga comes in there and you, uh, you know, we've discussed this multiple times. Who is a yogi? Yogi is someone who has controlled his mind and senses, knows what his goal is, and he strives towards it. So it's a very important uh, uh, distinction. Someone who has controlled his mind and senses alone need not be a yogi, but the person should know what the goal is. Okay. And, and they should strive towards it. So what is the goal? And if you look at on the right side here, uh, what is the goal? You know, the, if, if you imagine this Ratakalpana uh, model of uh, uh, from Katopanishad uh, uh, or even the Gita, see, uh, we've been given this body and the reins and the five horses as uh, uh, to drive this body. And there's a charioteer, which is our intellect. But do we know what our goal is? The goals can be anything. It can be artha or kama only, or it could include, include artha, kama, and dharma and moksha. So the question is, who is this person who is driving this chariot? And is he driving only on the artha kama road? Or is he understanding, is he or she understanding that there is an artha kama and dharma and moksha as well? And then are they driving towards that particular goal? That's the key question. So what are the prerequisites to be yogi and to do dhyana, which is the chapter six uh, topic in terms of uh, uh, atma samyama yoga or dhyana yoga? First of all, uh, you know, Bhagavan goes into great lengths to say that the body should be in control, the senses should be in control, the mind should be in control. And intellectually, the person should have understood the difference between atma and anatma, which is basically the basic knowledge of Vedanta. So effectively, if you were to slice and dice a human being or any being, uh, one should be able to theoretically say what that there is an entity within, within our own self, which is, which is conscious which is ever present, we should have that theoretical understanding. Okay. And the yogi, the person who has all control on his mind and senses, the person should do dhyana on that entity, that atma within ourselves, which uh, the scriptures, the Upanishads also say is Brahman. So there is no difference between the entity within ourselves and the entity that is known as Brahman, which is the universal uh, Entity. So in the macro and in the macro, there is no difference. So what is dhyana? So in chapter six, when uh, Bhagavan talks about, so effectively, the way that I have understood dhyana is, you know, there is a theoretical knowledge that we have. Okay, there is an entity within me that is Atma. Now the intellect theoretically understands it, but the, int the intellect has to be trained regularly on a constant basis to move beyond the theoretical understanding of knowing to being Atma. That is Dhyana. And that can come in only one way, which is you, we need to contemplate on the Vedantic teaching, which is Nididhyasanam is what we would uh, call it. So we have to contemplate on the Vedantic teaching. And the Vedantic teaching is very simple. Uh, Tattva Masi. And when, when a Guru says Tattva Masi, we have to understand it as Aham Brahmasmi. I am Brahman. So that's what we have to understand. And how do you contemplate on it? And um, now stepping back, uh, you know, uh, Swami Guru Parananda says this. So the, if you, if, if first of all, if you are able to break 
break uh, you know break up the uh, slicing slicing and dicing of a human being into atma and anatma uh, principles now it's very clear that the atma within us does not need any training in itself because atma is already okay atma is and it's just that the anatma part of our 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 body mind complex that requires the training to associate itself with the atma so effectively if you ask me for whom is this dhyana that we need to do regularly it is for the anatma in ourselves and what is that anatma is it the body or is it the mind the answer is it is not for the body but it is for the mind okay and within the mind also that that particular faculty of our mind called as intellect which is able to distinguish between right and wrong which is able to make decisions it's that part of our body that we are training to go beyond theoretical knowing to being atma okay and then um, obviously this is very difficult so in 6.35 uh, uh, you know um, uh, uh, you know to questions to a question by arjuna bhagwan says asamshayam mahabaho mano durnigraham chalam abhyasena tu kaunteya vairagyena tu vairagyena chakrupyate so he says that mind is difficult to control and restless no doubt but it can be controlled by abhyasa practice and vairagya dispassion and vairagya why is vairagya important just quick uh, summarizing it here for you so if you are on the goal of artha and kama only vairagya is going to be very very difficult but if you have figured out that there is a there is a goal beyond artha and kama which is known as moksha which is inclusive of artha dharma and also uh, artha kama and dharma then you are actually training this chariot to go towards the right goal and when and over a period of time this chariot will start with the abhyasa this chariot will start developing certain vairagya or dispassion towards artha and kama because you will start seeing them as trinkets in your entire journey towards getting that beautiful necklace of moksha okay diamond necklace i must say okay so with that i'm getting into uh, uh, get, getting into uh, the uh, the process of sandhya vandana that i follow so on the right side i have uh, you know written written up what is the meaning of each of these things so you will see the format is you'll see a number here and this is a section and then you know some some notes that i've written here either to aid me or to aid you to to understand what it says so we start off with uh, with with the mantra with it's we basically use water as a medium okay and we say apavitra pavitro va sarvavasthan gatopi va yasmaret pundari kaksham sabhakya bandra shuchi pundari kaksha pundari kaksha pundari kaksha so it says that basically you know sarvavasthan means all and you notice that i've underlined some of these sentences here right so i'm i'm going to focus on some of these words here so even if i'm a pure even if i'm pure mentally or physically or even if i'm not pure okay and doesn't matter in what state i am in i am in i can be in six states of existence you know right if you know the six states of existence of a human being doesn't matter whether i am i am uh, i am um, i am extremely weak and i am i am i am tired and i am having fever i am having you know disease whatever it is it doesn't matter or i am i am able bodied or whatever it doesn't matter and whatever is those stages in in that we follow through it does not matter okay we use water to purify purify ourselves mentally and say that you know whatever is the impurities that i have within me 
both at the body level and the mind level, I use this water as a medium to purify myself first. Okay. And then be ready to do the practice. That's what it says. And remember, water is just a medium. You know, you can use any medium, but typically water is the most abundant resource available. Uh, then we use water. And then um, uh, since it's a medium, question could be, okay, so, you know, I take a shower, then why should I just keep doing Sandhya Vandana? The point is this. The point is you take a shower, you clean your external uh, uh, body, but how do you clean your mind? So you use the water and you use the medium, the purifier, which is the Kundari Kaksha. Kundari Kaksha is that entity uh, uh, within uh, the, the entity that we will talk about that a little bit. So Kundari Kaksha is that Atma within yourself that you seek, uh, you pray to saying that purify my mind at this point of time to do this work, whatever that I'm doing. And then the next part which goes to is, then you uh, it, then you 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 do you do twenty four uh, 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 you pray you touch twenty four different parts of your body by saying a particular mantra each you know Keshavai Swaha Narayana Swaha and all that stuff and then finally you end with Sri Krishna Namaha. So if you do count those numbers right from Keshavai Namaha all the way to Sri Krishna Namaha, there'll be twenty four. And one of the interesting things that I learned is that Gayatri Mantra has got twenty four letters in Gayatri Mantra. So there is some sort of a connection and I've still not been able to figure out what uh, what that connection is. I, uh, you know, I've listened to multiple lectures, but I've not been able to figure that thing out. So, but, but, the good, but the good news is that there is a connection somehow. And then you go to the third part, which says, Uttishthantu Bhuta Pishachaha, Ete Bhumi Bharakaha, Ete Shama Virodhena, Brahma Karma Samarave. Okay, so basically what we are declaring at this point of time is it's a Brahma Karma. Like it's like when you're eating food, we say this Brahma Harpanam, Brahma Havihi, Brahma Agno, Brahmana Hutam, Brahma Yvatena Gantavya, Brahma Karma Samarabhe. So it's the same Brahma Karma Samarabhe here, which says that I am eating this food at this point of time, but it's not for me that I'm eating it. I'm doing this like a sacrifice. The same thing is applicable here. It is not a selfish activity. It is not for something that I want materially for myself. The person who is doing Sandhya Vandana is declaring at this point of time, saying that they are doing a karma, which is Brahma karma. Okay. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Okay. So then, uh, then uh, you know, the mind has to be brought into focus into to do what you're supposed to be doing. So you do what is called as uh, pranayama. Uh, pranayama in this case is very, very simple. The way that uh, I know some of you have this question about what should we do in pranayama, when to hold breath and all that stuff. So there is a longer version of Gayatri Mandra, which goes as follows, right? Okay, it, it says, Om Buhu, Om Buha, Ogum Sugava, Ogum Soha, Om Ahaha, Om Janaha, Om Tapaha, Ogum Satyam. That's one part. Tatsavitur Varenyam, Bargo Devasadimahi, Dio Yona Pachodaya. That's the second part. This is the three parts that we have in Gayatri Mantra. And here, basically, you know, pranayama is basically, you know, you breathe in, you retain the breath, you breathe out, right? So you breathe in during the first part, which I've highlighted here in, in, in this color, in, 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 the, in, the, in, 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 a, in a box here. And then you hold the breath in this part. And then you release the release the breath through the other nostril. Om Jyoti Rasamrutam Brahma Okay. Now the more the interesting thing that I've noticed, which we'll talk about a little later, is in, uh, for, I mean all of us know this. You know people who've been doing yoga and pranayama, 
you know that uh, when you do uh, pranayama, it brings your mind to control. It brings your mind to focus. But beyond that, there is this word that I have highlighted here, dhimahi dio yonaha. So although I don't know any uh, Sanskrit, what I understand is that the word dhimahi, which is the verb form of the word meditation, um, uh, uh, to meditate, the verb form of it, and is actually in, in plural. It is not in singular. So remember, the person who is doing it is a singular person in our mind. But the person is praying in plural. Okay, That's a very, very important distinction that I will, I'll, I'll keep talking about this. And same thing, dio yonaha. Dio is basically... Uh, again, the, 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 the word diyaha means intellect and the intellect is not for the intellect who is praying, who is doing that Sandhya Vandana ritual. It is our intellect, it says. That's why this, this word dimahi, which is the to meditate, is in plural. Okay, And so basically at the end of the day, you are praying for a collective intellect. Uh, uh, you are playing for the collective intellect to become better than what it is. In, in some fashion, which we will discuss that going forward, okay? And then the most important part, we go to the point number five, is again a declaration, okay, purpose. The, for anything that we do, you know, we need to have a purpose, right? So the purpose is, in this case, like what you would see here, okay? It says, mama upata samasta duritta chayadwara. So it says that whatever is the entire, uh, uh, sins or you know impurities of the mind that I have earned okay in the past the past could be right from the time that I'm born or the millions of births that I've taken in the past okay human births that I've taken in the past because in other births you can't you can't uh, do any uh, sins so whatever that I've taken in the past I want to purify all of them at this point of time and then I want to there is no selfish desire, okay? And then, then it then it goes on and it says that, you know, Shubhe, and I know Krishna, you had this question, you wanted me to explain this. So I'm going to take a minute to explain what this sankalpa means, right? So uh, it says, Mamo Pata Samastha Duritakshadwara, Sri Parameshwara Uddishya, directed at the Parameshwara, Sri Parameshwara Pritiyartam, to please the Parameshwara, Shubhe Shobane Murte, in this uh, good day time, Sri Mahavishnu Paranyaya, by the order of Mahavishnu, Pravartamanasya Adhyab Brahmanaha. So now from here, Adhyab Brahmanaha till this part, okay? Shubha Nakshatra, Shubha Yoga, Shubha Karana, Yoga Guna Vishishtrayam, Shubha Thithav, okay? Till this time, till this, till, till this part, what it, what it explains is, it explains the time and space construct, where you are in time and space. And then you are able to lock yourself in that time and space and say that I am this particular individual who is doing this karma at this point of time. And you look at cosmic time in this. Okay. What is the cosmic time? Look at this. So in the cosmic time, it says Adhya Brahmanaha means like in the current Brahma's time. We know that the, the creation and destruction is a cyclic process. There's a Brahma and the Brahma creates it. And then there's a final destruction which happens. And again, a Brahma creates it in his day and all that stuff. We know that. Okay, then it says that the Brahma is in the Dvitiya Paradha. Paradha is 10 to the power of 12 Brahma years, right? Uh, human years. So Dvitiya Paradha, he's in the second half of his uh, life. The life of a Brahma is supposed to be 100 years. And he's in the 51st year at this point of time. And that, and there's a day, each day is known as a Kalpa. And the Kalpa is called as Shvetavaraha Kalpa. So 
Imagine if the 51st year of Brahma and the uh, particular day out of the 300 and 300 days, the 365 days of Brahma, there is a particular day of Brahma called as Shweta Varaha Kalpa. The name of the day, just as today is known as a Sunday, it's known as Shweta Varaha Kalpa for Brahma. And within that, that Shweta Varaha Kalpa is divided into 14, uh, uh, 14 equal parts. And that is called as a Manvantara. Okay. And the current Manvantara, as what you would see here, is known as Vaivasvata Manvantara. And within that Manvantara, that is split into multiple Chatur Yugas. Okay. Chatur Yugas is basically the four Yugas that you have, right? Uh, um, uh, Satya Yuga, Treta Yuga, uh, Dwapara Yuga, Kali Yuga, the four Yugas that you have. Then you say that, you know, uh, Vaivasvata Manvantara, Ashtamimshin Mahayuga, 28th Mahayuga. So this is the 28th Mahayuga that you would see. And within that, you say that within that, you know that you are in the Kali Yuga at this point of time. And you are in the first half of Kali Yuga because the Kali Yuga has got about X number of years. And uh, from the time of Krishna's, uh, uh, you know, uh, moving uh, moving on from this uh, mortal earth, it is roughly about, uh, you know, 5,500 years. Okay, so it is still in the first half because Kali Yuga itself is 4.32 million, uh, 4.32, uh, uh, 432,000 years. Okay, and... Then it says, Kraunchadvipe. Um, uh, Kraunchadvipe is where I, I am right now, which is uh, the, the the Pacific coast. And Paratavarshe is related to the, the lineage that I, that I come from. And Aindra Khande is the, the, the Pacific uh, part of the side. And Meroha Paschatya Dikbage. So it's, you know, the Meru mountain is known as the center of the uh, universe. I am, I am to the west of that. And Sri Sailasya Paschatya, they say similarly, when anchored as the Sri Saila, the Pradesha, I am in the right side of uh, western side of that. I am by the Prashanta Samudra Tira, which is by the Pacific Ocean, and Kapilaranya Pradesh. Kapilaranya is California. Kapilaranya Pradesh. I am within my home, Swagruhe, and Samasta Devata Brahmana Harihara Sannidhav, Guru Charana Sannidhav, in the presence of the entire uh, gods and goddesses, and in the lotus feet of my Guru, I am doing this karma. That's what it says. Okay. And then, then that's the, uh, you know, the space where I am in. And then it, it goes on and then you break it down into uh, the Vyavaharika, Chandramanena, Prabhavadi, Sashti Sambhatsranam. So similarly, the cycle of time repeats once in every 60 years. Okay. So, you know, the, the names of uh, the Hindu uh, Sambhatsras repeat once in every 60 years. So right now, for example, we are at a Sambhatsra known as Shubhakrut. And uh, Shubhakrut comes in once in every 60 years. So there's a, there's a cycle, cycle of that. And then, then you, know, you know, all of us know that we have this in the annual, in the cycle, there is a Uttarayana and Dakshinayana, the way the sun goes north and south. So right now we are in Dakshinayana. And then, you know, the seasons which repeat as well. So right now we are in Sharad Rutu, which is the uh, fall, fall season. And then you are in Kartika Masa right now. And then Shukla Paksha or Krishna Paksha. Right now we are in Krishna Paksha. Krishna Paksha is a waning phase of the moon. So in a couple of days, uh, we will get to uh, Amavasya. And from then, from that Amavasya onwards, the month changes. And then you know that that's a cycle. Sorry, I'm going a little bit more detail because it is very important for many other people to understand this. So I'm explaining this a little. Okay. <clears throat> then you declare what day it is. Today is Bhanuvara. And then, then you say Shubhanakshatra. On, on this auspicious occasion, Shubha Yoga, Shubha Karana, which is basically related to astrology. Astrology has got, Panchanga has got five uh, Angas, 
Nakshatra Yoga Karana and a couple of more. I forgot what it is. Thiti, I guess. So on this day, you say that, you again say that, you know, I am praying for the, for pleasing the Parmeshwara. Okay. And then, then you say who you are. Then you say Sriman, Srivatsa Gotra. That's a Gotra, the lineage that I come in, I, I come from. Rajesh Namadeya. Rajesh, I declare who I am. Then they say, I, Aham Pratasandhya Mupasishya. Then that means I'm saying that I am doing this. This person who is in this time and space construct, I am doing this and I belong to this particular Gotra. That's all this Sankalpa says. Okay. Now, then again, you purify yourself and uh, I'm not going to go into the details of this. So basically, the, the, the thing that what you should remember is Tana Urje Tadatana. Urja is energy. So you're asking the waters to give you energy, energy uh, in, in strength in your sense organs and uh, the energy in, to, to nourish your mind. So basically, the yogi is asking that the, the person who's doing Sandhya Vandana is asking for strength of sense organs and the mind because the person has to be strong enough to go through this life's difficulties and keep themselves strong to take care of all difficulties in life. Okay. And if you look at it in 6.28 also, Bhagavan says that uh, in chapter, the yogi engaging the minds freed from sins enjoys the infinite bliss. So you have to engage your mind and for you to engage your mind, your mind should be disturbance free. And for you to be disturbance free, free you don't have a choice but to start praying to a higher, higher principle to make sure that they are uh, not affecting you irrespective of what the life situations are. Okay. So that's this part. And then, then you take a little bit of water again. And then this is a very interesting uh, story. Okay. So then you pray to the sun God. Okay. And the prayer goes something like this. It says that Suryascha ma manyuscha manyupatayascha manyupruthebhyaha. Papebhyo rakshantam. Rakshantam is to, uh, you know, save me. Right. Papebhyo, save me from all the sins. And you're praying to all these entities to pray you from the sins. Okay. So what are the, who are the entities? Let's talk about this. Surya is the sun God that you're praying to. Ma Manyuscha. Manyu is anger. Okay. So you're praying to the principle called as anger, saying that don't make me angry. Okay. Then Manyu Patayascha. You're praying to the principle of the anger's father. Who is anger's father? Anger's father is desire. Kamaha. Okay. Kamaha Krodaha. Okay. Krodaha is the son of uh, Kamaha. And then you're praying to the son of uh, or the children of Manyu, Manyu Krutebiha. The moment you're angry, you do some things that you end up regretting later. Okay, so what you're saying is you're praying to all these principles, okay? The Surya principle, which is shining up in the sky, the anger principle, the desire principle, and the outputs of the desires. All the things that you're praying for, and you're saying that whatever sins that I have committed, please protect me, Okay. And then it goes on to say that Yatratriya Papa Makarasham Manasavacha Hastabhyam. That means whatever, and assuming that you know we do this in the morning, you're saying, saying that whatever in the night that I have done, either in my thoughts or in my speech or in my actions, okay, I am asking that principle to forgive me for those sins what I have committed. Okay. And then it goes on, Padhyam Mudarena Sishna. Okay, which is feet, the sexual organs, all. If you have done anything wrong, you are seeking forgiveness for that. And then, yet kincha mayi, 
whatever that I have done in the past, all through my, you know, millions of births, you know, please forgive me when I'm doing this, Sandhya Vandana ritual. Okay. Then, then you say that now purified so far, okay, theoretically purified, Suryaya Jyotish Juhomi Swaha. Swaha is an offering that you offer. So what it says is that after purifying myself thus, I am offering myself by doing this Sandhya Vandana at this particular point of time. That's what it says. So think about this. There's absolutely nothing. There's nothing religious about this at all. It's so beautiful. It says it's all about the, the, the individual who is doing it. At the same time, it's not about the individual who's doing it. That's the dichotomy that we need to resolve. Okay. And similarly, you know, Sandhya Vandana must be done thrice in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. Similarly, when you're doing it in the afternoon, you do it, you use a different mantra, which is here. Similarly, you pray to Agni in the evening, who is like a representative of Sun God. Okay. And then again, you do this uh, uh, purification mantra, which is the same as what we described here. Okay. Now, this is an important part. And I'm not going to go through the entire detail. So basically, this set of mantras here, the next set of mantras basically ask for a lot of uh, uh, physical and material benefits okay, for the body-mind itself. Because remember, the person who's doing it is a body-mind who's doing it. Okay, So a couple of things that, that I want to uh, uh, highlight here. right? Let me probably not go through this mantra except for one part. And... So if you go through this mantra, it says, you know, Surabhi no Mukha Karate. Okay. Surabhi is, you know, uh, good smell. Okay. Um, so basically, you know, the way that you need to interpret this is when I speak, my words should be beautiful. My words should be nice. Okay. And then Jishno Rasvasya Vajinaha. It says, hey, Bhagavan, you, jish, you are ever victorious. Jishno is ever victorious. Ashwa means horse. And you have to ride as fast as a horse to come and give me all the benefits that I'm asking here for. Okay. And what are the benefits that they're asking? You know, there's a huge list. Okay. You've got to purify me. And then, uh, you know, you've got to give me a strength in my arms. You've got to give me strength in my mind and all that stuff. You keep asking all that stuff. Okay. Uh, and then you use the water as a medium. And then you say that the, uh, the water, then it goes on to say that, you know, uh, water is a medium in which the Brahman was born. You remember with the deluge, when we read in Puranas, the deluge happens. And then Brahma is created and the Brahma sees every deluge and all that stuff. So water is the source. And the water need not necessarily be the water that we normally used to. It can be heavenly waters and all that stuff. But think about it as waters. Okay. And then, uh, uh, then uh, let me just get to uh, basically, you know, the, basically this mantra says that the waters nourish everything in this, in this universe, right? And then it says, it, it, it accepts that, you know, there is a bondage that I have as an individual. Drupadadiva munchatu, drupadadivain bumuchanaha, swinnas sattvi maladiva, putam pavitrene vajyam, apashundantu minasaha. So basically what it says is, drupadadiva, drupada means, you know, of course, we all know drupada, draupadi's uh, father, but, but uh, uh, drupada also means uh, two-legged. Apparently, in the olden days, there was a, uh, you know, people were chained at the thighs, okay? If they have committed a huge crime, they were chained at the thighs and they were tied to a pole, okay? And that was the crime, uh, that was the punishment given for people. And it was, it was heavy, heavy chick, thick chains. And those chains, releasing yourself from those chains is very difficult unless someone comes and unlocks the particular thing, okay? So, Drupadadi Omunchat, what, what the person who is, who is doing Sandhya Vandanam is saying is that, 
because of ragadvesha i am stuck like that at this point of time okay i am struggling i am struggling and i am kind of sweating it out okay and my body and mind is sweating big time but i am not able to get out that particular uh, situation that i am in okay therefore waters please help me get out of that particular ragadvesha and get out of that particular samsara so that i can realize who my true nature is okay so that's the beauty of this particular thing so effectively it's an acknowledgement that yes you know we we are not pure enough to get what we are looking for in our goal but through daily practice we can get there okay then you do pranayama and then you then you do what is called as argya pradanam this is one of the most important aspect of sandhya vandanam argya is water pradanam is you know you give it give waters so basically what you do is you thrice you you uh, you say this uh, om bhur bhuvasuva tatsavitur varenyam bhargo devasya dimahi dio yona prachodayat you say that uh, thrice and every time you offer water to the sun god okay now when you uh, when you do this uh, what exactly are you doing okay why does the sun god need the water you know a small one spoonful of water from you a small guy somewhere sitting in some place in some corner of the earth and the sun god is responsible for everything including the water that that you are using why does he need that actually it's not the sun god who needs it okay but this is where the 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 uh, the indian uh, way of storytelling comes into play right so what it says is that actually sandhya time is the time when there is a little bit of calmness in the entire atmosphere now when there is a calmness in the atmosphere the the mind the human mind can either tune into that particular calmness or it can tune into something that it wants to do which can be selfish okay so effectively sandhya time can be used for both now typically what what happens is that if someone is not doing some sattvic activities the mind will able, mind is able to scheme deliberately definitively into something what they would want for selfishness that's why they say during the sandhya sandhya kala you have to pray okay you have to do some japa whatever they have they say that so effectively at that point of time so there are apparently some rakshasas and those are called the rakshasas the selfish desires or the outcome of the selfish desires that we think of during that sandhya time so what they say is that these rakshasas the desires or the uh, the scheming what what we would do they are classified as mandehas and mandehas is a clan of rakshasas within our own mind which come up during that particular point of time okay and then you say you use the symbolic representation of water and when you when you when you pour it and offer it to the sun god you are telling the sun god hey shine this light onto this set of rakshasas within my mind put them in the corner of a mind so effectively this mandehas rakshasas basically go into an island called this called as mandeha island okay and they are put at rest there temporarily for some time till you do this sandhya vandana and then so that they don't disturb you okay that's the beauty of it so that's so powerful i really really found it so powerful okay and then goes on it says that then this is another shloka which says that after you give you after you make your mandeha rakshasas in one corner of your mind you know they don't trouble you anymore then you say udyantamastam myantam adityam avidhyayan kurvan brahmano vidwan sakalam bhadramashnute asavadityo brahmeti brahmaivasan brahmapyeti yayevum veda yayevum veda means the vedas declare 
Asavaditya Brahma. Okay, that sun god is Brahman. The Vedas declare. And remember, you know, the person who understands that there is an entity within ourselves, which is beyond uh, the minded body that we see, understands that understands and accepts the accepts what Vedas say. Therefore, if the Vedas declare something saying that this is uh, the sun god is Brahman, basically you accept that it is it is the sun god is is that divine Brahman that is the source of everything else. Okay, so then you 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 recognize that Brahman principle and you start praying to that sun god in that Brahman principle. Okay, and then you offer waters again to the sun god, right? And then now you please that sun god, the physical sun god, by offering waters, just as you know, the sun god has risen up in the sun, just as let's say you're expecting an important person in, in, in your life to come, come home. As soon as the person comes home, what would you do? You offer them all sorts of things so that they're comfortable and all that stuff. So sun god is your guest in your, in your universe because he's risen up in the morning. So you offer him some waters to please him, right? That's what it says. Now, the next one is, then this is the most important thing in Sandhya Vandana. In fact, Sandhya Vandana, people mistake that Gayatri Japa is the most important thing, but there is another important thing, which is Asavadityo Brahma Sahamasmi. So if you remember in the, in the first, in the previous uh, section when I explained, I explained saying that Asavadityo Brahma, where, where it says, let me just go back to the previous section for a second. Okay. Asavadityo Brahma. Okay. Basically here you acknowledge that the sun is Brahman. Okay. And then when the next, after you have pleased that particular Brahman, you come back and say, Asavadityo Brahma Saham Asmi. I am that Brahman too. We acknowledge that the sun god is Brahman and we are also Brahman. Okay. This is Advaita. There is no difference between sun god and that principle within me. There's no difference between what is the one that shines the sun and there is no difference between what is the one that shines me. There's no difference. That's what it says. Okay. And then this is the Nirguna Brahman, Nirguna Brahman prayer, right? But it's very, very complex thing to understand. You know, how can you visualize something that is, that does not have any property, that is everywhere? It is very, very hard. Even if, even if we ask someone, okay, where is space? You know, we will say, okay, space is within this room, but is it the space within the room? Is it not within with the walls? Is it outside the walls? Is it not outside the walls? But the point is the, the space seems to have been captured within the walls. Therefore, we are able to acknowledge that, that particular space. So if the space itself is difficult to, difficult to you know, grasp for us, okay? And going, someone who created the space, how can you grasp that particular principle or entity? Unless until, you know, there is some sort of a representation and through representation, to, through symbols, through you know, gross symbols, through subtle symbols, you progress one step forward towards no symbols, right? That's what it is. So what it says is that the, the principle of Brahman is represented by a word called as Om, Omitya Kaksharam Brahma, okay? And then it goes on, it, it says everything, okay? Now it says the purpose of you doing this particular Asavaditya Brahma Sahamasmi is to recognize the divinity within yourself, and within the sun and this entire universe, right? So Vinayoga is the word in Sanskrit, which is used to say that purpose. So remember I told you, we have to know the purpose of everything what we do. So 
when you say om ityekaksharam brahma when you pray with om after you say this asavaditya brahma sahamasmi what you are asking for is you are saying that i am going to use om as a symbol to become one with brahman sa yujyam viniyoga that's the purpose what i have okay and then you know uh, uh, if you remember uh, 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 you know then you say you know then you instantiate the so far remember uh, i'm 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 kind of you know changing tack a little bit so far you remember we've been praying to the sun god the pratyaksha the the real sun god and then we have been saying that there's no difference between sun and i and now you invoke that particular entity within yourself and how do you invoke you invoke with by ident by identifying and um, putting certain characteristics to that particular entity so that you are able to meditate within your body <laughs> so you says that ayatu varada devi now you are putting a feminine form to this uh, uh, sun god okay varada devi okay you are the one who is going to give me boons aksharam brahma samvitam gayatrim chandasam matedam so you are invoking that particular entity in gayatri chandas okay chandas is a meter in which you say that brahma chishastume yadannath kurite papam and you are asking saying that whatever papas that i have done get rid of all those papas and all that stuff sarva varne mahadevi sandhyam vidya saraswati now you are asking for some benefits ojosi sahosi balamasi bhajosi devanam dhamanamasi vishwamasi vishwayu sarvamasi sarvayu raviburam so you are actually praising the lord that that sun saying that you are shining and you have a lot of patience and you have strength and then you have uh, you know multiple things like this right now when you praise someone say that oh you are so wealthy and all that stuff you know at the back of your mind what's happening is either you know i want to be wealthy or i would want him to share his wealth with me you are so knowledgeable oh okay why am i saying that you are knowledgeable you are saying i'm saying you are knowledgeable because i want you to share your knowledge with me the same thing is applicable here you are saying you are praising the bhagwan saying that you have got all this stuff and you know thank you and you don't you don't directly ask for it but you indirectly ask for all those things to be transmitted to you as well in this thing and then you are inviting gayatri gayatri mahavahayami saraswati and all that stuff okay you 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 do that and then then you uh, okay so so here uh, so it says basically you know chaturvigam shatyakshara that is 24 aksharas okay om burgoswa tatsavitarvarinyam bhargodevasidhimi devayona prachodayat is 24 aksharas now tripada shatkukshihi okay tripada there are, i said there are three three padas right that is the three three phrases that is the tripada shatkukshihi shat is uh, 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 six kukshihi is stomach okay apparently the gayatri devi uh, that that the picture that we saw there in the beginning has uh, has six things in her stomach what are the six things right okay and if you look at it you know the in uh, in uh, uh, we'll talk about that a little later when i come back to another symbolism and then panchashirshopanayane all of you remember the picture that i showed that there was a five uh, panchas uh, the five faces what do those five faces symbolize okay the five faces symbolizes four vedas and ramayana mahabharata okay so the epics plus four vedas so the four vedas plus ramayana and mahabharata is known as is symbolized in that gayatri thing and remember the word viniyoga okay viniyoga is the purpose 
So by stating this entire thick passage here before doing Sandhya Vandanam, what you are asking is, you are asking for a use of the purpose of understanding this five things, the Vedas, the four Vedas, and this, the epics. Okay, So it's a purpose to train your intellect to understand what these Vedas mean. That's what it means. Okay, Let me move forward. Right. Then again, you do pranayama, and then uh, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, apo jyoti rasam pratham brahma om bhur Basically, basically says that panchabhutas is brahman, everything is brahman. Okay, and then again, you know, parameshwara buddhishya, basically selfless purpose of japa. You remind yourself, and then you get to a point where you instantiate. Now you call the you call that sun god in the form of Gayatri, and you call that brahman in the form of Gayatri that you visualized. And then you are instantiating that Bhagavan within your own body. And there are two ways that you instantiate. You instantiate within the fingers of your, of your hand. And you also instantiate on different parts of your body. I'm not going to go into details. But one interesting that I noticed is if you want to traverse the, vertically with me here, right? Okay, look at this. Brahma, Vishnu, Rudra. Okay, you're instantiating these three principles. Creation protection and destruction principles within yourself. And then you are instantiating three more principles, Satyam, Jnanam, Sarvam or Anantam. Okay, Satyam, Jnanam, Anantam. So you're instantiating these six principles within your own body. And remember, these principles are just but a part of that Brahman, right? Similarly, on the right side, you instantiate these, again, these six, three plus three, six principles, on your entire body. There are six different parts of your body that you do it. Okay. That's called Nyasa. That part of it is Nyasa. So now what has happened so far in the whole pro in the whole process of what we've been doing is that we have found that there is this sun god who is bright and shining, who is a form of Brahman. We have acknowledged that we are also Brahman and we are bringing that sun god in the form of a feminine character and instantiating within our own physical body. Okay. And then we have to start praying to that particular entity, which is the next part of Sandhya Vandana. Now, this entity now is within your body. It's in different parts of your body. Okay. Now, now you, you, you have to praise that particular entity so that you recognize who that pers person is. Okay. Then the first one, I just want to just talk about only the one thing and leave the rest, right? Mukta It says. It says that Mukta Vidruma Hema, count. Okay, Mukta Vidruma Hema Nila Dhavala, five. Okay, Chaya is the color. Okay, so each of these five, these are all pearls, different types of pearls. So maybe this is not a very good representation of the five different faces, but apparently these Mukta Vidruma Hema Nila Dhavala, these five faces are these five colors, right? And and then it goes on to describe Shankam, Chakram, Madaravindam. You know, you'd see all those descriptions out there, right? And then, then they're from here, Sumukam, all the way till Supratishta. What you're actually doing is you are instantiating 24 mudras. Mudras are basically some sort of a, uh, you know, uh, 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 a, a sort of a, you know, lock kind of a thing, let's say, okay? that you, 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 you lock the particular Bhagavan within your body. And there are 24 different mudras to instantiate that Bhagavan within yourself. Now, remember, there are 24 aksharas in Gayatri. So basically what you're doing is 
you're using the mantra, Gayatri mantra itself as an aid, as a tool to pray to Brahman because it's very difficult to understand Nirguna Brahman. Impossible to understand Nirguna Brahman because you have to be Nirguna Brahman. So you need an aid and the aid is Gayatri mantra, which is 24. And then you, you lock that Gayatri mantra within your body and then you start praying. Okay. And what is a prayer? The prayer is very simple. It says, Om Bhur Okay. Basically, it says that Om, Om is that representation of Brahman, okay, which transforms itself into Bhur, Bhuva, Suvaha, the three worlds, okay. Tatsa Vitulvarenyam. That entities is bright and shiny. Bhargaha, Devasya, that entity, Devasya, that, that, that Bhagavan's Devasya. Bhargaha is the, uh, uh, the brilliance, okay. Dimahi, we pray. I'm repeating this once again. We pray, okay. Dio Yona Prachodayat. Actually, this is what is the most important thing. What, it, what are we praying for? We are praying for that entity to stimulate our intellect to understand who Brahman is. That's all it says. Or to say, put me on the right path to understand Brahman. So effectively, this is, this is nothing religious. This is asking for better intellectual sense. That's it. Okay. And then you repeat this 108 times. And why repetition? The answer is very simple. When you repeat something, you start learning things better. You start being things better. So very, very simple concept. Okay. Then you go through again and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm not going to go through in detail. I'm already overshooting my time. And then, uh, then after you've completed the Sandhya Vandana, you recommit the entire benefits to Bhagavan. Etat phalam sarvam sri parveshvarapanamastam. Okay. And then now the sun, the, the, you, you start praying the sun. And you, the most important word is Mitraha. Okay. Mitraha is friend. You pray to the sun god as if he's your friend and you are asking him to give you the truth, the truth of Brahman to you like the ghee goes into the fire. Okay. When your ghee go into the fire, it just kind of, you know, just gets absorbed and absorbs into it. So he, you are asking, you're praying desperately to give you that thing so that you can actually absorb and become the Brahman as like, like a ghee flowing into the fire. It's such a beautiful analogy. I loved it actually. Then, then you start praying to the various directions. In, in, our, uh, in our religion, you know, the directions are also uh, principles, okay? Because if you say, you know, uh, it's very difficult to find out, you know, we can say north, south, east, west, and all that stuff. But then, you know, where does the direction end? It's impossible for anyone to say where the direction ends, right? And is it a, is it a real direction? It's a direction relative to you that it is something is north. But is it really north for somebody else? May, it may not be. It will not be. So effectively, direction is, quote-unquote, undefinable. But you pray because that's a principle. And you pray. And you pray to the rivers because of water and all that stuff. And then you pray to the Sandhya Devi and all the Devatas, Rishis and everybody. And then you, uh, you kind of, you know, uh, then you start acknowledging the principle that every, everywhere, Bhagavan, and you see the Bhagavan within yourself and you acknowledge everything. So you see this, right? So 
Shivaya Vishnu Rupaya, Shiva, Shiva Rupaya Vishnave. So, you know, whether you pray to Vishnu or Shiva, it really doesn't matter. The uh, Shiva's heart is Vishnu, Vishnu's heart is Shiva. So basically, it's to, it's, to, it's to remind you of that principle that Brahman is everywhere and that Brahman, you are able to pray within yourself in the form of Gayatri Devi and that is the same thing as a son. Okay. And then finally, you, you, you say all this prayer and then you say Sarvadeva Namaskara Keshavam Pratigachati. Okay. So whatever, whichever God you pray to, whichever whom entity that you pray to, you pray to fire, you pray to water, you pray to direction, you pray to Agni, whatever, it doesn't matter. It, everything goes to Keshava. Who is Keshava? Keshava split as Kaha, Aha, Isha. is a sum of Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, which is nothing but Nirguna Brahman. And then after you've done all this prayer, now you have to release this entity within yourself, asking her to go back so that you can continue with your day-to-day -day work. Okay? Then you pray to her saying that, please go back to Meru, which is in the center of the universe, protect, protect the entire universe and come back when I invoke you again, back to the same process. Okay? Then you say, that, that's, what it, that's what this mantra says here. All right? And then, from Narayana Upanishad, this is a very important thing. And for people who are into, uh, you know, Raja Yoga will really en en enjoy this and understand this. This is beautiful thing, Mahanarayana Upanishad. This says, Namostvanantaya Sahasramurtaye, Sahasrapadakshirorubahave, Sahasranamne Purushaya Shashrate, Sahasrakoti Yugadharine Namaha. So basically, you know, when you have brought in that particular uh, goddess within your, within your uh, body, what you've done is, you remember the lotus, uh, lotus, uh, uh, the, the, the goddess was sitting on the lotus, right? Now, the apparently the heart is like an inverted lotus bud, like this, okay? And you are instantiating that Bhagavan within this particular lotus bud, okay? And you are saying that this Bhagavan is Ananta and Sahasramurtaya. It's actually millions of heads right from the head of an amoeba to a head of a crocodile to an elephant to your head, my head, everything, okay? And millions of feet, okay? So basically you're acknowledging the grandiosity of this entire universe as being a form of Brahman, okay? And then you are instantiating that within your heart region because you need an anchor to meditate upon that particular principle. That's the beauty of it, okay? And then Sarvabhuta Nivasosi Again you know, Shloka 6.31, I've kind of given some references to the Shloka in, 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 Bhagavad, in Bhagavad Gita chapter 6, is that, you know, Sarvabhuta Nivasosi, Bhagavan is in everywhere. He's also within me. So I pray within myself because it's easier for me to pray here, right, than everywhere else. Then, after you've done that, then you declare who you are. And this is where you start tracing your gotra, right? So basically, you know, the rishis, you know, we apparently, you know, there are seven sages and all that stuff. And from the seven sages, you know, all the entire lineage, the entire human clan came through and all that. We, we probably, you know, people who have read um, uh, Itihasas will understand that. So I come from, uh, uh, I come from, a, 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 my, my, my gotra is Sri Vatsa gotra. And I come from a rishi lineage known as Bhargava rishi. If you remember, the, this rishi has this uh, a third eye in the feet, in his feet who kicks Vishnu. You know, I come from his uh, Rishi lineage. Bhargava, Chavana, Apnavana, Aurva, Jamatagnya. Uh, 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 from that, in that Rishi lineage, I come from and I, 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 I declare to Gayatri Devi that this is my lineage and I have prayed to you. Therefore, give me the benefits what I'm asking for. 
Okay. And then you conclude, conclude by, you know, saying that Kayana Vacha Manasindriva Buddhyatmanava Pakrute Subhava Karumi Yadit Sakalam Parasmi Narayana Yatis Marpayami. Again, remember, I am doing this, Sandhya Vandana, not for me, it for Narayana. Parameshwara Panamastha. And then you dedicate everything to the Parameshwara. I'm going to take a pause, take a breath, drink a little water, and then connect this to chapter six. Awesome, Rajesh. Brilliant. Okay. So, thank you, uh, Subhul. Let me just uh, finish. I've got just two, two more slides, okay? So, in chapter six, yogi should do dhyana and atma equal to Brahman. That's what chapter six says, okay? Manas samyama machitaha, it says. Asavadityo Brahma Sahamasmi. That's what we use as the mantra in Sandhyavandana. Okay. And Gayatri Devi is invoked in one's heart and we meditate on her. And it's a Saguna Upasana because Nirguna Upasana is almost, almost impossible because you can only be. You cannot do any other way of Upasana, Nirguna Upasana. The best you could do is Om. Okay. So what is it? It is intellectual purification to yoke oneself to the concept that one is Brahman. I hope it was clear for you, at least hopefully, you know, you saw some sort of uh, uh, understanding when I tried to explain that. Now, who is Yogi? Someone who has controlled his mind and senses. Shlokas say that, okay, 6.1 to 6.14, Sridhar's nice way of describing NCC shlokas, right? Okay, explaining how to sit, etc. So this takes about, Sandhya Vandanam takes about 65, 60 to 75 minutes end to end, if I do it properly, okay? If I do it improperly, I can do it in five minutes, okay? And I wake up in the morning in the Sandhya time, which is like, you know, Sandhya time is also defined a particular time, you know, roughly 48 minutes before sunrise and 24 minutes after sunrise within that particular period. So think about it, irrespective of where I am, whichever time zone I am in, if I am supposed to do Sandhya Vandanam, I have to tune myself with a particular discipline to wake up with the sun god so that I can welcome him as a guest into my life. Okay. Doing at a predetermined time. So that's body and sense control. I have to sit for 75 minutes, okay, roughly. I have to take care of making sure that the senses don't go helter-skelter, pranayama. And then how can I wake up? Very simple question. How can I wake up consistently every day if I am not moderate in my eating, sleeping, recreation, and exertion of, of my physical and mental energies? I have to do this. Otherwise, there is no way that I can do my next today Sandhya Vandana. Impossible, right? Okay. This is an appointment with Bhagavan. Zero interruptions entertained at that point of time. Senses are shut down. Okay. Repeated pranayama. There are five, five times that I do pranayama and purifications with water that I bring the senses and mind back to the task at hand. What is the task at hand? Just to ask Bhagavan to give me the right intelligence to understand Bhagavan. Seeking Bhagavan's help to overcome anger, desires. We all know Kama Krodha is so, so difficult to overcome. Okay. So you request Bhagavan every day to give you this strength to overcome the Kama and Krodha. It's an inbuilt mechanism in Sandhya Vandana. And Gayatri Mantra itself is a request for the divine force to sharpen our intellect. The responsibility is not with you. The responsibility is with Bhagavan. When you pray to someone who is superior principle, that principle takes charge of your life. Okay? 
Now, what are the prerequisites to be a yogi to do dhyana? Body in control, senses in control, mind in control, intellectually and theoretically know the difference between Atma and Anatma. I hope with this uh, uh, short uh, talk that I gave you on Sandhya Vandanam, you've been able to recognize that all these things are a check mark. Okay? Dhyana. Dhyana is training the intellect to move beyond the theoretical knowing to being Atma. I hope you understood how we are doing this, the mechanism of doing this. And in 6.35, which Bhagavan says, Abhyasa and Vairagya, Sandhya Vandanam is Abhyasa. Three times you're supposed to practice. And I must admit, I try my best to do it only once. Okay. I tried really, really hard to do it twice. Impossible. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's going to happen sooner or later. I have to just basically align myself properly to that, uh, uh, to that uh, uh, exacting standards. And then it's also Nishkama Karma. I'm not asking anything for myself. Although I'm likely to get many of them as byproducts. Okay. Health improves. Focus comes in. All those things will happen, but they're all byproducts. So my take, my personal takeaways, and this is my last slide, I promise you. Okay. The practice has built discipline in me. Wake up at 4:30 a.m., shower, chant chapter two every day, do Sandhya Vadana, only then do anything else. It's a simple sadhana. It's an integrated capsule of jnana yoga, bhakti yoga, karma yoga, and raja yoga. Okay. Vision of unity. Respect for all panchabhutas, especially waters, because waters, without water, no one can dream of life. Understanding unity in the cosmic scale of operations, not at the uh, sustainability kind of an operation that you know the United Nations and everybody talk of. It's a grand cosmic scale. Understanding that appearance of diversity is because of flickering mind. So there's only one God. But when we see this diversity, it's because of this flickering mind. Understand that. And pranayama. Doing this pranayama has improved health and focus. So with that, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to say that the sadhana, direct Brahman, leads you to the direct Brahman, which is the Pratyaksha Brahman, which is the Surya Bhagavan. And for dhyana purposes, you instantiate that Surya Bhagavan in the form of a feminine, uh, uh, feminine form within your own heart. And then you progress towards Nirguna Brahman meditation. That's Sandhya Vandana for you. Awesome. Uh, awesome, Rajesh. Excellent. I'm so motivated to hear this talk. I'm so blessed to hear this talk, I should say. Thank you very much. And please keep us enlightened. Wonderful talk, Rajesh. Very nice. Enjoyed it. I think I overshot my time by almost 30 minutes, but I hope that it was uh, useful. For worth worth every, every moment of it. Yeah. yeah. Every word of it. Yeah, great you. introduction, uh, Rajesh. I am totally ignorant. On, I was totally ignorant on this. So great, great initiation. I have a question, Rajesh. Go ahead. I mean, where did you pick this up? Because I have been um, wanting to understand, but I never had the chance to do it. I mean, didn't really focus too much. But uh, this is really amazing. I mean, yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. I'll share the links what I have on YouTube. But you know, just to give you a genesis of this, right? You know, I listened yeah. to Swami Paramarthananda's Upanayana CD talk. You know, way back okay. when uh, uh, you know my son was hardly five years or something, and then. It, it took me about a year to 
to kind of you know, something clicked in my mind and say that I have to get his Upanayanam done, right? And we got his threat ceremony done at the point of time. But then, you know, obviously, you know, uh, never got onto my mind quite a bit and all that stuff. But in the last couple of years, uh, three years uh, uh, back, I wanted to learn uh, Vedic chanting. And then my uh, my guru said that, you know, uh, first of all, he asked me, do you have, have you got the threat somebody done? I said, yes. Okay, check mark number one done. Two, do you know, uh, do you do Sandhya Vandanam? I said, no, I don't do Sandhya Vandanam. He said, first, you have to learn that from me. Only then I'm going to teach you Vedas. Then I learned it from him. Then still I did not do it. But the last six months, you know, last year, Sakuba did uh, uh, during the uh, Chaturmasa. This year I said, I'm going to do it. So from April, May onwards, I've been doing it. And, uh, uh, you know, I uh, I realized that it's such a powerful thing that, that that I need to do. So effectively, you know, these are all multiple people who helped me out. I'll share all the links and sure. then you can uh, go through it and Just, enjoy yeah. learning this. Yeah. Actually, uh, it is said that um, anybody who does Sandhya Vandana, okay, at the right age and, uh, you know, three times a day for life, okay, attains moksha, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a very powerful thing, but uh, obviously, you know, um, uh, I'm far away from it right now. But just to say one more thing, you know, the Sandhya Kala is supposed to be a very important Kala. That is the morning, uh, you know, um, the night today, then, you know, the noon, you know, the... Uh, and then the evening. So, so as people who are, um, you know, brahmacharis and, you know, grasas, etc., we're expected to do three times a day. It's only the fourth is mentioned for people who are taken sannyas, apparently. The, you know, the midnight 12 o'clock. So that's the other time that they <clears throat> use normally for chanting and dhyana. So these four, um, you know, aspects of time are supposed to be very, very uh, auspicious. And the fourth one is recommended for uh, the sannyasis. And uh, just to add one more thing, uh, one more point, which I made a note of, and I think I shared it with Christian right now, is that I think uh, on the concept of space and time, right? Whatever, right? And I think you explained it very well. It's a, it itself is a big uh, lecture in itself. And I think I'll share the link um, because I think Dushan Sridhar, who is also a bit sin, I think he's done a um, very nice, um, you know, narration of that. Uh, it's about an 18, 20 minute kind of a video, but it gives you the concept of space and time, uh, which gets, uh, you know, incorporated in any of our religious ceremonies. So that's the other point I just thought I'll tell you. Yeah, that's it. I'm sure you know it, but just thought I'll share the link. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. you Rajesh. Very enlightening. The first time I'm hearing an explanation of the Vaishnavites of the Avadam, and I was just exchanging with Krishna to offline. I mean, I wouldn't say it's different, but the purpose is the same, but beautifully explained. Thank you. I wanted to attend this talk more as a motivation to do it properly. So thank you for that. So starting tomorrow, you know, you're heading, as Subhu says, towards Moksha, far away again. And uh, only point that you need tremendous abhyasa, because if you say your improper Sandhyavanam takes five minutes, we Shaivites have mastered it in two minutes. So please do more abhyasa to get to our level of efficiency. But thank you for this. Actually, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says that, you know, mantra mein main hu Gayatri, right? So it's, oh. it's actually got a very uh, special significance for all of us. Yeah. I have some questions, Rajesh, let others people, yeah. other people finish. I'll ask you yes. later. Yeah. yeah, just to add one thing on the uh, word, like, so Swamiji explains it. The word Sandhya means conjunction, right? It means joining the two. So the three times that you do, night joins with the day. Previous day joins with the second half of the day. 
and then the day becomes the night. So that's the three Sandhya columns, roughly 6 a.m., 12 noon, and 6 p.m. Yeah, growing up, I always heard as, I mean, I always understood Sandhya as evening for some reason. That might be a, might be a Hindi thing. So Rajesh, you mentioned, uh, you know, you talked at some length about, you know, your ancestral lineage and Gotra, etc. So does everyone need to kind of do that to incorporate that into the Sandhya Vandanam of what they do? No, it's uh, typically you know uh, uh, typically it it comes from tradition, right? You know, people uh, people who have taught you, you know, the, the dad would have told the uh, uh, the next generation and all that. So it's I don't think so. Um, but typically, you know, the most if you know it, you you say it. If you don't know it, you just uh, uh, let it be. So the way you know, fortunately, the 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 uh, our scriptures are so forgiving, right? You know, only if you know, if you don't do it, it's a sin. If you don't know, if you don't do it, it's it's okay. okay. And then you mentioned it's a it's a seventy five minute uh, thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Which for a grahastha, yeah, do three times a day is is not straightforward. I agree with you, and that's why I'm also struggling. I'm also struggling at this point of time. And, and and are there sort of like uh, I mean this may be for anyone here I mean has Swami P done a done a series on, on yes. Sandhya Vandana? That's what I'm going to share after this talk. I'm going to share uh, the YouTube okay, video you. of Swami P, so you can listen yeah. to it. And for people well, who know yeah. Telugu, you know, I can also share another link. That's that's an amazing link as well, and you should you should listen to that as well. Okay, now I love to kind of hear Swami P. Of course, okay. I relate to him. So yeah, yeah. okay, thanks. There are no questions. I'd like to share uh, one thing about the Gayatri Mantra. So in the Sanskrit channel, uh, Uday Shreyas, he does like an amazing job of like explaining the individual words in the Sandhi and everything. Yes. I strongly recommend uh, that video. Uh, but very briefly, uh, the, the split of the each word uh, was very nice. So it's Om, Buhu, Bhuvaha, Swaha, Tat, Savituhu, Varenyam, Bargaha, Devasya, Dimahi, Yaha, Naha, Prachotiyat. So that's like the words, how they are individually split. And then once once you do the Anvaya Krama of it, and then the, he has it like in a very nice question and answer form of starting with Dhimahi, we meditate upon. And then uh, you go through it. It makes very nice sense. Like So before I chant the Gayatri Mantra, I do this Anvaya and then this individual word uh, split, Krama, Padam. And then uh, you say the meaning. Then it like registers in a very very nice way, and then once you do the japa, you are you are not thinking about all these things. You do only on the sound, but uh, before you do the gayatri japa, when you do this split, uh, it is it is very nice. So the anvaya krama will go something like gimahi. Uh, we meditate upon the highest form of brilliance. Tat bargaha savitho devasya. Then yaha prachotiyade. So it may propel us and raise us. Naha diha our intellect. So it may raise up. How do you want it to go? Buhu, boha, swaha. From the gross body to the subtle body to the causal body or like from the lower planes to the highest plane. And then Om. Om is the, uh, the, the universal truth. Everything. So that's the way that the whole thing is split. 
One one more interesting thing is also that it has twenty four uh, syllables, uh, but uh, some some people say it has that savitur varenium. So then it becomes twenty four varenium. If you say varenium, then it becomes one syllable short. That's called nishchrit gayatri chandha. So it's twenty three uh, syllables. And om and buhu buha swaha are not part of the gayatri mitra. So that savitur varenium one pada and then pargo devasya dhimi dhiyoyana prachodya are the three padas. Twenty-four or twenty-three version. However, you say, and then in Sandhya Vandana, you do the Nishrat Gayatri Chandas, uh, which is twenty-three, uh, twenty-three syllables. So, um, if, I mean, uh, if there are any questions, let me know. I can try my best to clarify. Um, I just had one question. Uh, I just wanted to understand a little bit more on the three padas and the six. Uh, you had said Ashtang something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of Chandasa Mata and you know uh, Gayatri and all that, but uh, three padas and six, uh, whatever you mentioned, right? Yeah, I just thought I'll get take an explanation on that. Yeah, so uh, so if you if you look at uh, uh, the the three uh, padas, right? Let let let's talk about the six uh, things first, right? So uh, you know the science of uh, uh, the entire Vedas, right? Apparently, is split into uh, is is into six. Uh, uh, Six components. Uh, one is called as uh, um, siksha, which is a science of uh, proof of letters, science of words, basically. Sorry, science of letters. Okay, um, where from each of the letters come, how to pronounce a particular letter, and all that. That's the science of letters. The second one is uh, 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 vyakaranam, which is science of words, right? Then the third one is niruktam, which is a science of the deeper meaning of the words. Then the fourth is kalpam. which is the right application of the words okay you know a word can mean different things in different things how do you apply uh, what in a particular sentence that's the fourth one uh, fifth one is jyotisham so when to do what type of karma okay so you know because vedas uh, vedas are basically nothing but a, a set of chants to for different uh, you know uh, deities and all that stuff right so if you're supposed to do a particular karma you need to have a proper arrangement of the stars if i can if i can use that word okay to do it in the right way otherwise you know it's like it's like a you know a tailwind or the headwind kind of a concept right you know you can get either tailwinds or headwinds out of the particular time so jyotisha yeah. is a fifth one the sixth one is chandas you got to pronounce it in the right way for example you know bhar uh, um, uh, gayatri mantra it says tatsa vitur varenyam you know there's a two two lines on the top right you cannot say tatsa vitur varenyam you cannot say that that's incorrect Okay, you have to. That's a bit of very yam bargo devasya dhimahi dio yona prachodayat. We have to say that. So when you say that, that comes that comes in a particular meter. Okay, and only then the sound creates that particular. You know, if I were to use the Raja Yoga's uh, analogy, it creates that right vibrations within yourself to start attuning yourself to the Brahman. Yeah, and just repeat the third part. You said dirupam is actually deep meaning. You said the science of deeper meaning of the words. Deeper, deeper meaning, and then right application: where to do, what to do, and then chandas is your last, last right? meter. How how do you how, uh, how in do what you meter you chant these uh, shlokas? For example, you know, um, Gita, for example, is in Anushtub Chanda. Okay, and Gita is actually you know doesn't have any mantras uh, specifically. You know, mantras means basically you will have that three swaras, right? Uh, uh, anudata, udata, swarita. So 
Only those ones with swaras are known as mantras typically, but uh, Gita is in Anushtuk Chandas, but uh, Gayatri Mantra is in Gayatri Chandas. Okay. Thanks. And, and uh, Tripada is, Tripada uh, is, Pada is phrase, okay? Om Bhuvasuvaha is one phrase. Phrase, okay. Tatsa Vitur Varenyam Bargo Devasadimahi. Yeah, I understood, understood. Dear Yoda Pachalya, yeah. And now there I, is some explanation of the 24 syllables. Huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, there is some linkage I've read. I'll just try and get it if I can. Okay. Please do. Please do. I'd love yeah. to get that. So I'll go back and ask my first question, right? The poll question that we asked. So what is, what is the answer now? Actually, uh, Rajesh, it depends upon what stage of evolution you are, I think. Exactly. <laughs> <you show> that. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. So because, that's the uh, point. The you point say... is, you know, yeah. I don't think that we can say that uh, we are praying to a particular fem feminine form or a masculine form of, of the God. Because you're actually, uh, you don't know. Whether you're playing to Nirgun or Asagun or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Understood. Wonderful. Excellent. And hats, off, uh, Rajesh, hats off to you for practicing it. Uh, just to add to what Ajay is saying, I think when we do Sandhya we do it in maybe 15-20 minutes or so maybe a little that. The very fact that he's doing it for 60 minutes or 75 minutes just tells you how deeper he's getting into the process. Yeah, All the best, Rajesh. Yeah. So on the last slide, uh, Rajesh, you, I remember reading indirect, direct, indirect and then Nirguna or something, right? Yeah. So what is the differentiation I mean, direct and indirect? So uh, the way that I, I, I shared that uh, thing was, let me just bring that slide back, right? So you progress, you know, you progress from a physical symbol of Brahman, which is the mm -hmm. sun god that you can see, you can feel, okay? To a concept that you cannot see, but you have a concept that is indirect Brahman, okay? Which is instantiated within your heart. And then you progress to Shabda, okay? Then there is no symbol here. This is also a symbol, but here, of course, Om is a symbol, but then that Om is just a Shabda, okay? And that Shabda is so closest to space because, you know, space and sound are related, right? We know that. And then, that means you're progressing slowly towards space. So Omkara meditation is very hard for many people because of this reason. Okay. We need an anchor to meditate. We need a symbol. That's why, you know, Saguna meditation is very good. Meditation on a form of uh, uh, Krishna, Rama. It's very easy to do it relatively compared to meditating on sound. How can you sit down and say Om and, and you know, expect something to, uh, you know, come up uh, as a realization for you? Unless until you really, really mature enough at that, at that stage to do it. But you go back the reverse. It's very easy to acknowledge the great powers, what a direct physical form of, you know, a supreme principle like sun god is, right? You know that, you know, the sun is this giver of energy. You know that for sure. Therefore, you praying that particular god is very easy. But you mm -hmm. then you it's a little hard. You know, you go put a picture of a god or a statue of a god. Then suddenly it becomes a little difficult unless the mind is a little evolved, you know. I mean, what is this picture? It's just a picture. Mm. 
that no but what, I, what, what I'm, difficulties that way i mean I, I i get the last one but i'm still struggling with the first three as in what is direct brahman for example so I mean, this how, is the, or how is direct and indirect and sadhana i mean sadhana is like the sun god so or sun which is also a no no indirect. no no the way, okay the way that you need to read this is the sadhana will slowly read the sad lead the sadhak from moving mm-hmm. from acknowledging the brahman in the vast cosmos in direct physical form okay so you will start seeing rivers as brahman you will start seeing people as brahman and all that stuff that you can touch and feel but you will also start moving beyond that because now you are slowly trying to uh, realize the brahman within your own self okay as uh, although it's it's a concept at this point of time which you don't know but because vedas are saying so but it is not yet your reality you will start practicing that that is an indirect brahman because there is there is nothing mm. you, know, you can visualize this picture in any form that you want okay not necessarily okay. being anchored by this picture here or any other picture that you pick up from google images but then that is also not okay because then you'll have to move forward to the next stage which says that om itya om itekaksharam brahma okay om alone is brahman that's what our this our uh, scriptures say but then that is also an, a symbol for you but still you are anchoring yourself then there is om then there is somebody else who is meditating on the om these have to get dissolved the meditator the meditation process and the object of meditation has to all become submerged then you get to this stage here which is nothing or which is everything whichever way that you look at it okay, so it's so a progress happened. it's that's a progress happened. Yeah, I got it. I think that's very. Hey, this is Thank a beautiful uh, visual context. Thank you. I might uh, steal it a little bit. Welcome. Hey, uh, I had one last question. If if that's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, when you're doing this uh, three times a day, Sandhya during the Sandhya time and everything, right? Um. do you do you actually i mean this is a question to you but um i guess to anyone that's regularly doing it do you actually can you see yourself transforming after you found out these deeper meanings behind all the verses and and how has that experience transformed yeah. no that's a beautiful question goods and in fact uh, if 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 i were not to listen to swami p's and those other lectures you know this mm-hmm. wouldn't have had any meaning for me at all yeah you know, i would have probably you know done a um, uh, what do you call it cursory reading of what it is and then you know followed it like a ritual meaningless ritual that i am supposed to be doing because ancestors have been doing it and all that stuff but now it's got a deeper meaning so there's a drive within myself to do it so yeah. that way you know it makes me wake up early for example yeah that uh, yeah i like the the real ending there it makes you wake up early yeah it <laughs> yeah. sounds like a knock on my head also <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's great thank you i think i'll just add to that uh, gunds uh, see even as a child when we were asked to do this i think mm-hmm. the experience was uh, definitely something that we went through uh, as a very different um, feeling because 
uh, respective whether I understood the mantras or the you know chantings etc. The very fact that you are getting into the process and doing certain activities in a certain way tends to calm your mind and you know get your mind a bit more focused. I I definitely felt even though I didn't understand the meanings of those when I did it during the time I did it and I did it diligently. Mm-hmm. I think I really benefited from that. Okay, that's point number one. Having said that. when you actually try and understand the meaning behind the whole thing i think you get you know transform yourself from just uh, knowing to being right i think that's mm-hmm. that's exactly what rajesh is trying to say and i'm really you know in awe of the fact that um, you know one is able to you know dedicate this and do it religiously for you know a good 60 75 minutes i think um, um, yeah. i think that's the shift but uh, nevertheless i think even when you're young if somebody was to get this uh janeu done and uh, you go through the rituals i think uh, it will definitely have a, a positive impact on the way you conduct yourself right yeah 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 no that's absolutely true so thank you yeah. yeah all right i think we have uh, i'm going to stop the recording now